Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Good morning. It's Monday, September 12th, and I'm taking this back to the pandemic. Good morning, all you cats and kittens. I think that's what Carol um, Baskin said. Fucking Carol Baskin. <laughs> um, I just had a Tiger King flashback for some reason. But uh, I wanted to start out the podcast with how do you use this podcast to make yourself money, to trade stocks, to understand things, to learn? So I'd say you know, most of you guys know I just started talking about it, but I'm, start, I'm basically doing it every morning live on YouTube. Now, I'm going to be traveling over the next week, week and a half. I'll be up at my parents' house in New Jersey. Those longtime listeners understand that that means I usually do it really early before they wake up. Um, and I, I will figure out how to get this on uh, YouTube or how to record, video record uh, the screen so that I can put it up on YouTube. Uh, but uh, how do you use this? So, um, Several people have reached out to me. Hey, I listen to in my car and I can't really understand things. I can't see what you're going over. Um, and they reach out to me on Instagram and they're like, hey, I've learned a lot from you, but I need to make it to that next step. Well, the YouTube channel should help you. And the YouTube channel was created basically so you can see what I'm going over. So you can see the charts. I've got Travel America right up right now. And uh, um, I use TrendSpider, and TrendSpider is a browser-based program that helps me chart. So, uh, in my mind, the way I would like you to use this is you're listening to an episode, notice the date on the episode. Um, when I talk about a stock, go to the YouTube channel, look up that live broadcast for that day, Notice the time on the podcast as well. So not only the date, but the time on the podcast, the amount of minutes in. Go to approximately that time on the YouTube channel live stream. I'm not editing these live streams. I'm not putting anything in front of them. Um, there is like a minute, couple minutes kind of in front of the uh, where I talk to the YouTube audience just about, you know, crap, waiting for people to join kind of thing. So um, that's the way I, I, I think you can take the, the podcast to the next level and really help your learning. Uh, if you aren't driving in your car and you want to hear me in the morning, uh, set alerts on the YouTube channel. As simple as that. Go to daily podcast and I, I've got the link, go to the link that's in the podcast. Or if you're watching on YouTube and you want to listen to the podcast, go to the link that's in the YouTube video. So those are the two things that I've got right now that can help. The other thing I would say is follow me on Twitter <clears throat> and follow me on Instagram. Uh, I am way more active on Twitter than I am on Instagram. I'm trying to do more Instagram. It's boomer like me who doesn't like editing video, doesn't like doing pictures. That's the problem. Uh, this is the way it works today. So if you're listening to the podcast, 
subscribe to the YouTube channel. You can watch that on your phone. You may not be able to see the, the charts as well. Um, you may have to go to a computer and, and, and kind of blow those charts up a little bit. But take that and go to your own charting program. If you don't subscribe to TrendSpider, if you want to subscribe to TrendSpider, there's a link in the description in the link tree. Um, just go there and, and try your seven-day trial. See what you think about it. it. It is kind of expensive for those people who are just ancillary kind of traders. Um, most brokerages, and this is what I tell you, will have some type of charting program where you can do a four-hour candlestick and you can look at those things and you can look at the MACD. So that's the way I think you can use the podcast. I am going to put together a um, a, a course. It's going to be probably a YouTube video that I'll throw up at, at some hidden thing because I do want to charge you for it. Everybody that I mentor that I don't charge, um, they tend to kind of get out of it. Um, so again, there will be a fee for the, the, the course that I put together. It's not going to be an in-depth course of how, course of how to trade. It's going to be a course description of how I learned how to do this. Um, and that's simple as that. It's going to be super easy, going to be just an overview. I won't charge much for it, but you do have to take some ownership and you do have to, 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 to learn it. Um, my, my preference for you guys is to learn. Uh, and, and again, I'm, I'm a boomer. I've been doing this for years. Um, the, the significant portion of my wealth has been made from buy and hold. Uh, if you want to make money in the short term, trading is an option. Uh, what is it? 90% of day traders wind up losing money. I have lost a significant amount of money over the years. And that's why I say uh, I probably made money on the trading side, but the significant portion of my wealth, I would not be retired at the age of 50. I, I retired at 49. I would not be retired at the age of 49 um, had I not bought and held. And, and there were specific stocks in there, specific chances that I took. Um, those could have gone south. But again, from a macroeconomic standpoint, Take a look at it. You want businesses that are making money. You want businesses today that will survive a recession. You can put some money into the Roblox, into the uh, the Metas, into the um, uh, you know the, some of the smaller companies that you see. Tesla is not a smaller company. Uh, Rivian, look at their market cap. It's not a smaller company. Neo, it's not a smaller company. Those all have significant market caps that they have to grow into. They're not making money. Tesla is making money, but they have a significant multiple. And again, go to Finviz and, and look up that stuff. I, I've got a, um, I'll, I'll probably put in the course too, how to use Finviz to look up um, specific multiples and things like that. But I did want to go over just how do I, how should you use this podcast? And again, the YouTube folks, I'm on camera right now. Um, it is, uh, Monday at 8.30 right now. I, I typically do it between eight and nine. Uh, I think up at my parents' place, I usually do it between seven and eight. When I'm traveling, I try not to do it. You may have episodes where I don't record it on YouTube. Um, but to, to see charts and to understand and to learn and to take it to the next level, if you're listening in your car and you don't have the ability to watch it, just remember the time and the date that you've seen the episode. 
and go back and look at the YouTube. You don't have to watch the whole thing. You don't have to listen to the whole thing again. Just go to that time and take a look at that specific section. And I will tell you, reliving it and relearning it uh, will help it sink into your brain. So when I talk about the button hook that I always see in my algorithm, um, when I talk about a MACD cross-up, uh, when I talk about where the RSI is, some of those things might make a little more sense if you listen a little bit more. Um, so I, I, I just wanted to go over that. Now, uh, my weekend was spent watching football, uh, not betting on football because my trading does uh, satisfy my betting thing. But um, I, li- I did listen to a bunch of My First Millions podcasts, and those guys who have been listening know that uh, My First Millions is my favorite podcast. It's about um, startup businesses and the startup culture uh, and businesses that th- these two guys, Sean and um, uh, Sean and the, the other guy, uh, God, uh, I forget his name, but Sean wrote a piece on 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 LinkedIn that I saw this weekend, and and it's about an NFT fashion marketplace. They've got a billion dollar value, valuation. Uh, Genies, G E N I E S. Um, they just raised three hundred and fifty million in Series C, which means their third round. They're built on top of a Dopper, uh, Dapper Labs Flow blockchain. Uh, I have no idea what that means. They got next Disney CEO uh, Bob Iger to sit on their board. Uh, like any big LA startup, they have some high-profile celebrity partnerships: um, Bieber, Migos, Cardi B, etc. Uh, most importantly, they launched a warehouse, and, and it's an NFT storefront. What that means is that you can download their app, create an avatar, and buy digital fashion items to dress that avatar. Um, kind of like when you were creating your own player. Uh, for those of you who are um, EA fans, when you were playing golf, when you were playing football, they have those fantasy modes. You can do that. Um, Genies takes a 5% fee on each side. Uh, pretty good when you consider Facebook is taking over a 50% fee on any of their sales in the metaverse. Uh, It's a big signal that we're thinking about the metaverse. Again, this is a billion dollar valuation that this company just got. Um, Meta's Horizon World Metaverse, which got roasted for avatars that look like they're from 2022, read its own NFT uh, avatar marketplace launched in July. Ready Player Me, which just got a fresh 56 million from a um, Series A to build cross-game platforms. Uh, it's, it, you know, again, it, it kind of, to me points towards, and I, I was going to go over this one. Let's go into strategy tester, um, because I wanted to look at Roblox, um, RBLX because Roblox came out on Friday and we went over this one that they were, uh, uh, launching, uh, brands and advertising in their uh, metaverse. Roblox right now is the only place that you're really making money. Like Sean says, uh, Facebook's taking 50%. Uh, most of the creators can't make money. Now, you've got a gap over here that was created way back when uh, with their Q1 earnings, February 15th, and the gap is between 59 and 70. So 60 to 70. Do I think that this current run gets there? I don't think so. I think this is going to be um, kind of taken down. Look at the RSI. The RSI is down here. It's at 70, which means it's overbought. Uh, that MACD is still crossing up. 
uh, I'll expand this one so you can see it. See, it's still up there. That blue line crossed up on the yellow line. And that's what gave us that buy at 37.73 that day. And that was September 7th. So what I see here is the volume trending down. Now I do see when I take this back to the last time it kind of popped up here, um, we'll kind of go here where it exited us out with a 14%. Um, the volume shelf is clearly building at about 40. That would be where I would say um, we pull back to. Uh, and I say we pull back to because I think the 75-point rate increase is priced in for the Fed next week. I think CPI for tomorrow is scheduled down. Um, I think if we see a robust um, a robust number that is significantly down, and that could happen because, remember, gas has been going down. Biden got blamed for gas going up. Biden hasn't gotten the credit for gas going down, but gas has been going down, and he literally... He did as much for the price going up, he blames, as uh, he did for it going down. He gets no credit for either. The price of oil is set outside of this country, um, and, and, and it's set by pr production and supply, um, supply and demand. <laughs> I'm going to take a drink of water. Mm. Supply and demand is what does oil. So uh, I think when you see the CPI data tomorrow, you're going to see oil come down. And that's a major component. Now, rents and other sticky kind of things are still in there. So I don't think that we're out of the neck inflation. If it comes in at 7%, remember, that still means that you've got 7% inflation. That's crazy. And it's not sustainable. Sustainable is 2%. So that's really where we're looking to get to. Uh, I think, you know, Professor Siegel was on this morning talking about um, where it needs to be and can the, uh, the Fed overshoot and send us into a, a recession? Probably. But, you know, again, that's, that's not what you're worried about with Roblox. Roblox, you're either one of two things. You're either trading it for the average win of 20% on the algorithm. But again, the algorithm loses you 48% because there's only six wins out of 23 positions in my algorithm. But it has made you a good amount of money over the past couple of times. Now, you've lost some money in here, um, but I would have told you don't take those trades either because we were in a very uncertain market at that point. June, I probably would have told you, you know, uh, 29 is probably, 30 was probably the buy. And at 30 today, you're looking really good up $15 at 45. I would say today's price is about 40. I think that's been moved uh, Roblox has shown that they're fairly well-run business, uh, and I like that one. So, um, yeah, let's do, Willie. Let me go over this since it's at the top of my notes. Willie uh, reached out to me on Instagram, and he asked about uh, grocery because, uh, and this was, uh, I think this was Willie's food shortage may be coming, but oh, this was my notes. Um, so. He basically said the food industry might be pushing up and they're lagging behind. Well, food, the one thing I know about food is I personally, when I invested in Walmart, and remember, I tell you guys this all the time, this goes back to a 30-year-old Gary, a 35-year-old Gary, um, who was not as uh, smart about stocks as I am today, but still, 
you know, when I spend my money, I do the research. I don't ask some guy on the internet, should I buy this? But I did my research, just like Willie does. Willie does a ton of research. Um, but I did my research and I understood the grocery business. And the grocery business is a low margin business unless, and I say that, unless you have a store like Whole Foods or Walmart, or um, not Walmart, but Publix. Uh, those were private, um, private uh, grocery store chains. And if you notice Publix is in growth mode. I mean, you can't go down. I think it's if there's over 200 homes in a five mile radius, Publix wants to build a new public store uh, and they can typically do them very cheap um, and, and they're quality stores, but they do charge. I mean, look at the price that you pay at Publix. When I switched from going to, from Publix to Walmart, I saved over $75 a week. Uh, I'm sorry, $50 a week it was at that time um, just by doing that. And again, I will point out uh, maple syrup is a good example. Maple syrup tastes the same. I, I don't buy table syrup. I buy maple syrup, uh, 100% natural maple syrup. doesn't have to be organic. I don't care about that because the sap comes out of the tree, but uh, it does have to be actual maple syrup. Now, I buy the big jugs because in my uh, oatmeal, on my French toast, things of that sort, I like regular oatmeal or regular maple syrup. So, um, when I did my look into the grocery business, I understood it was low margins. Now, when Walmart came out, uh, they shrunk those margins and they promised to be the low price. The example of maple syrup, I pay, I think it's today, it was $13 last year uh, for a jug of maple syrup. Today it's 15, I think it's closer to $16, which is a big percentage increase in the price of maple syrup. But that $16 maple syrup is now $24 over at Publix. Same exact jug, probably the same manufacturer because they just white label it from um, Walmart to Publix, Publix to Walmart. But uh, I do think that that that's where the grocery business is. Now, Willie wanted me to look up Go, um, which is Grocery Outlet Holding Corp. Um, I'm not familiar with this. They have been coming down. You'd be out of this right now in the algorithm, Willie. The RSI is at 37. The MACD, and remember, I don't like trying to time things because this MACD did cross up. It got you out with a, what, 3% loss? Yeah, about a 3% loss. The algorithm does perform on this one. Uh, the algorithm makes you 10% over 1,000 candles. Buying and holding loses you, you know, it's even 0.03%. The average win is 10%. Um, so you have eight wins, 16 losses. So you're only a 33% chance of getting into one of these winners. But the winners do wind up making you a good amount of money. Now, uh, I also know that is there going to be a food shortage in this country? Um, there may be a food shortage coming worldwide, but it won't hit in this country. It may drive prices up. The problem that you're going to have in Go, in Kroger, Kraft Heinz, um, they will um, have to keep their margins. So they're going to raise prices, but most of these places will raise prices and then people will flock to Walmart. That's what you saw in the last quarter. Walmart, even though they reported uh, bad earnings, 
the earnings wasn't in grocery. They actually had an increase in their grocery division. And the reason is when, when prices start to go up, people flock to Walmart for groceries because you can save money. Uh, what happened with Walmart, they, they launched, uh, it was down because their ancillary and their higher margin business, they didn't manage their inventories well. So go, I think you could wait on this one, Willie, but I, I, my guess is when I look at kind of, let's pull back this, let's go to the highs here. You really don't have any volume support down here. The, the one thing that I'm kind of worried about if you're looking at the screen is this gap between 31 and 34. It hit it on the way up. You're seeing not quite a head and shoulders pattern, but you're kind of moving. I don't quite see a head and shoulders. You're just kind of moving down. And again, trade the trend. It just crossed its 200 day. The 50 day is moving down. The 200 day is still moving up. I could be completely wrong. I just don't know about their business. Let's see if they're making money. Uh, grocery outlet. They, oh, God. Okay. P.E. 68, Willie. Their P.E. is 68. Let's go to Walmart. P.E. is 27. And even better, one that may get into the grocery business, Target, 19. So, Willie, I'd say stay away from Go. I think there's better ones out there. Let's look at Kroger. I think it's KO. Uh, no, Kroger. Uh, KR. KO is Coke, which I actually own. Uh, KR, they had their earnings, so there's no real catalyst coming up. They, they killed it on earnings. From what I understand, they absolutely killed it. This had a buy-in at 49 right before the earnings. Um, their RSI is at 69. This is just overbought. Willie, with that, there's no gap up here. But there's quite a big candle here, a 4% uh, trading range on Friday uh, in the morning candle uh, between 51 and 48. Um, yeah, I, I don't see any reason to buy this one. Let's look at Kroger's, um, their largest grocery retail chain. Their PE is 28 by Walmart, Just by Walmart. Performance year to date is 5%, so they've been doing really well. Um, but I'd say you buy Walmart. Performance year-to-date for Walmart is down 5%. They give off a 1.64 dividend. Um, Kroger gives off a 2% dividend. I think it's hit or miss on either one. I just trust Walmart's management of their business better. And I think over the years, you'll be happier there. Kraft Heinz, KHC. Uh, let's look at that one. KHC. Uh, Kraft Heinz, do, 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 do. it's a falling knife, Willie. It, it's oversold. So the RSI is down at 33. It's come up uh, since 25. But I, I don't know that I'd necessarily try and time this one. And the reason I wouldn't try and time it is that MACD has no sign of turning around. If you're looking at my screen right now, that MACD is in free fall. Um, wait until that one has a dovetail kind of up. You might be too late in getting in on it. Uh, the algorithm makes you 16% buying and holding this asset, uh, makes you 14%. Your average win is 6%, 10 wins to 14 losses. So the algorithm kind of works. Your, your next catalyst isn't until October 25th. The, the, the volume levels here, they've got no downside volume level. I, I think you're going back down to the 34s. Uh, that's where I would guess that Kraft Heinz goes. Um, Interesting uh, that 
he brought up the uh, the uh, the food industry because Procter Gamble had a cross up at one thirty seven on Friday. I just figured I'd throw that one in. But again, I, I think food is uh, one of those things um, that I, we're going to have a food shortage. It's going to be, you know, remember the world economist that I went on a cruise with? Yeah, we're going to have a food shortage, but it's not going to affect the Americans. The only effect on Americans will be the price will go up, but the price for the actual food will go up, not the margins at the store. The margins will be compressed. So I personally would probably say stay away from food um by the way I, I was listening to my first millions podcast and and this kind of rung out to me um think about the difference between asia and and america sometimes some asian tendencies in social media and um stores and buying and things of that sort think about when alibaba express opened up that opened up drop shipping in this country um, you know, there, there were some tendencies on a video chat in Asia, which wasn't big until uh, later on here in the U.S. <clears throat> Online dating was significantly uh, higher over in Asia than it was here in the U.S., things of that sort. And I found it interesting because I, I, I read or, or saw something. Um, voice notes are now huge in Asia. And if you ever get... If you're an American, you hate voice notes. Absolutely hate them. Um, but, you know, they're huge in Asia. It'll be interesting. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, stand out like this one. Last year. Oh. Um, there was a chart that I put up on my Twitter. Let's see. I might go to my Twitter. And sorry, I was trying to read this. Um, because the I, I just copy and pasted this, but there was a chart up on my Twitter that I posted um, from Sentiment Trader, and essentially the the, the tweet is sometimes uh, there's a chart that just blows your hair off your back. In 22 years of doing this, none stand out like this. Last week, institutional traders bought 8.1 billion dollars worth of put options. They bought less than one billion in calls. This is three times more extreme than 2008. And you can see that chart um, up on my screen right now. Uh, I'll put it up there. This is from 2000 to 2022. Look at this hedging. Three times more extreme than 2008. And again, for those of you that don't know, put options are basically an assumption, uh, a hedge that the, the, the market's going to go down. Um, be careful. Uh, we talked about SPY. Uh, let's talk about the overall market now. We talked about SPY on Friday having a cross-up uh, on September 9th at 399. We're at about four, I think 410 right now in pre-market. Um, that's a big move. And now will it it's quickly becoming overbought? You're at 55 on the RSI. It's moving up fast. The market's not moving up as fast with it. There is a gap here that needs to be filled. Um, between 420 and 421, it's not a huge gap. I don't see this getting back up to 431 like we did uh, back in the middle of August. I see us getting pulled down either by the Fed, by some data. Something's going to happen and it's going to pull us down. And I think 4,000 is that mark. We could be in a trading range. There's this gap here um, that doesn't really, it's been filled on the way up. So 
But I think the market, if I were looking at it, I think the market wants to get down there. There's these volume shelves here. Um, there's just, an, again, I think you're in this trading range of between 3,800 and 4,100. That's where I think we're, we're at. On, on, and that's the S&P. SPY, just take a zero off and you're good there. Uh, but that type of put option on institutional does worry me. Now, TQQQ, we are up over 30 again. Um, and looking at this chart, you had a MACD cross up here at 2771. It hasn't gotten you out, but the MACD is still crossing up. Now, the, the RSI is only at 51. The last time this was at 51 and it popped like this, it was on the way down. We saw it just tank. So if you're in this and you're over 30 and you bought at the 27 level or you bought at the 26 level, um, anywhere in 25s, I would urge you to take profits. It's up over 30 again. You know, Uvixi, uh, the VIX, I think, is at 23 right now. Uvixi has been on its way down. It had the MACD cross down. Uh, we talked about it 3% on Friday. SVIXI has been your play. Um, and that one, it's, you're still in at 53, but it's only at 54. This one just doesn't move like Uvixi does. Uvixi, when the, the VIX shoots up, that's the one where you want to be in. Uh, Boyle and KOLD, we talked about natural gas kind of becoming that commodity price um, where it's just sinking. It's kind of hovering around 80. Uh, the MACD is crossing, um, kind of moving upwards, but that strike line's still in decline. Uh, I wouldn't time it, but it has capitulated here around between 75 and 80. Uh, my guess is that that's kind of where it's going to be. We talked about LNG. LNG is the Chenier Energy that has the premier kind of, hey, um, uh, they're going to buy natural gas here in the U.S. and sell it over in Europe for a profit. You've almost got another MACD cross up here, uh, and it's capitulating around 160. If this gives me a buy at 160, I may be in, even though this is crazy high. Their earnings are coming up November 2nd. There's no real catalyst going into this. But I think that there's a clear, clear volume shelf being built up here. If we go back and just to this section, and, and we're going back to the, the July 15th, typically you like to, let me pull it back here. I'm going to go back to June 7th, which is the low. See that volume shelf that's up here between 159 and 160? That's clearly where you're building a shelf right there. Now, if we clear this and go down below 155, I think 150 is back in play. But if I get a MACD cross up here around 160 and I can buy it at 160, I'm putting some money in. That's kind of where I'm at. Uh, oil up and China is starting to open up. There was an oil analyst on this morning. If China just decides to open up, we should see 120 on oil by the end of the year. Uh, that would mean UCO will significantly fly. Um, you've had a couple of days where it's been up quite a bit. Um, you do have a MACD cross up here that's going to happen if we kind of hold this. Uh, again, the, 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 the main thing that you have to think about is if you think we are heading into a recession, which we're already in because we've had two quarters of downward GDP, 
But if you think we're continuing on and, and we're going to see a major depression, don't buy UCO. Uh, oil and all the commodities will come down in a recession. So you don't want to be stuck in UCO. Uh, Bitcoin and uh, Ethereum up uh, over, uh, way up. I think Bitcoin's up 10%. GBTC is up. GBTC did have a cross up here at 12, it looks like, and you're at 1345, up over 14 in pre market. Ethereum ETH E, uh, which is the grayscale uh, Ethereum trust, you had a cross up here September 7th at 11. You're at 13 right now, so you've made your 10%. Um, and the big. The big merge, I think it's called, is happening soon in Ethereum. Uh, Disney, they teased that they're going to open up new park experiences and lodging. Disney, again, we talked about this. They had a MACD cross up on Friday at 113. I think that's a good buy. And, and the reason I think it's a good buy is Dan Loeb, who's their, uh, their activist investor, has come out and said, yeah, I don't want you to sell ESPN. He knows something. Somebody told him something from within Disney. If he doesn't want them to sell ESPN, then something's going on. I like this stock here. Um, there is a significant, significant volume shelf down here at 95. Um, but it's creating this volume shelf at about 110. Am I upset that I buy this at 115? No. I, I think you buy this at one, between 113 and 115 and just sit and hold it. Don't trade this one. Sit and hold it. It's a well-run company. Uh, as we open up, as COVID kind of goes down, I think you'll be okay in Disney. Uh, Mara, we talked about. M-A-R-A. This is Marathon Digital Holdings. This has to do with crypto. We had that cross up here at 11. Uh, you're at 14 right now. Now, I do think that it's going to create, fill this gap at 15 here. I just think it's got this 15 kind of in the target range. So I think it's going to fill that gap. Am I buying here at 14? Probably not. You know, it's, it's run up. Crypto is one of these things. If you want to buy this, I don't think you, you've got a, a bad thing, but look at that RSI. Look at that dip a little bit. That's what worries me. It's going gonna, it's gonna to cover this 15, uh, I guarantee you. But is it worth buying at 14 just to sell at 15? Not in my world. Um, you'll have 15 at some point in time in the stock. It's too good of a, too good of a stock and, and Bitcoin is just, you know, crypto mining is just good. Uh, Tesla over 300. We talked about this one. Let's see if you're back in Tesla. I think for the last couple of days, did you have a cross up here? You did at 281. You had a cross up. I kind of said, Hey, 275 was the way to go. Uh, don't buy it here at 300. You're oversold at 64. Um, that you had the stock split, the end of month deliveries is the next uh, catalyst. You've got this gap here between 250 and 253. I think you're getting back down there at some point. Something's going to happen. He's going to be forced to sell more stock in order to fund Twitter. Who knows what's going to happen, but you're going to see that kind of come up. Uh, scans, uh, a big one, Pan W which is Palo Alto Networks and Zscaler. Let's look at Zscaler because Zscaler had a nice gap up uh, after their earnings last week. And you see this gap here between 154 and 171. It's continuing to go up, but it's so oversold at 74 on the RSI. I wouldn't touch this one. But what's interesting is Pan W, which is a cybersecurity just like Zscaler. 
had a cross up here at 564. They've got a three for one stock split coming up September 14th. I think you can buy this here, uh, particularly here. Let's go to Pan W. So Pan W's PE, uh, forward PE, I should say, is 49. They're still, you know, losing money. Uh, performance year to date up 1%. Their number two is CrowdStrike. Their forward PE is 102. So Pan W, you're getting at a discount. Zscaler, their forward PE is 116. So Pan W at 49 as the largest cybersecurity company, well run, you're up, uh, doesn't have a dividend, but you got a three for one stock split, which I think is going to be a catalyst for this one. It's going to cut it down to what? Just under $200. I think you'll move over $200. I, I, I like this one here at 564. Full disclosure, I own probably 30 grand of this. I, I bought it at a much lower price. I think somewhere in 450 range, somewhere in this neighborhood. Uh, I bought it back in May. Uh, clearly, look at that. I mean, did I sell it along with the algorithm? No, because I, I didn't believe that this algorithm uh, has your best interest at heart. The performance of the algorithm is 39%. 129% is if what, what you get if you buy and hold. Your average win is 10%. That's why I'm saying, I think you're safe here buying at 564 because I do think that you move up towards, you know, once you get that two, uh, three for one, you move up to $200. Let's look at the price target from the analysts. 495, 625, uh, 700, 600, 620. That's back in February. But in, in August 1st, Wolf Research, $700. You're at 560. Um, August 12th. 625, three for one, that's over $200. Um, September uh, 2nd, initiated coverage, Atlantic Equities, 495. Eh, 495 is a way down, uh, but I, I do think you're going to 200 on this one. Uh, I like this one. I, I, I like that one a lot here. Uh, AZN, AstraZeneca, this is a drug company. Uh, we'll go to Finviz and we'll look at this one. They just had a cross up and I, I was looking at it. I like it. Um, they have a 3% dividend year to date. They're making 4%. There was a downgrade from Morgan Stanley overweight to equal weight. Um, there is some drug issues with them. Uh, they are a biopharmaceutical bio company focused on discovery, development, manufacturing, and commercialization of prescription medicines. That's all you need to know. If you want to know the actual medicines, it, it, they're all listed right here. Um, and there, there are some, uh, some issues. Let's see, AZN. Let's look at AZN. Um, uh, AstraZeneca is this week. FDA approved AstraZeneca's ADM inhibitor Infinzi as a combination regime for treating advanced metastatic biliary, biliary tract cancer. And granted breakthrough designation. Um, the FDA approved it, but here's what I saw, and this was what was interesting. Look at that downturn. And that downturn happened when you look at Finviz and we go back to uh, Lestich to stop former executive starting. There's some news here, chemotherapy approved. Um, but look at those and then look at these kind of things, $75. Uh, 
uh, is the price target. You're at 60, you had a cross up here. Remember how I always, I do usually say this, any reaction of the market is an overreaction. Last time we were here at 60, you went up here to 68. You need 66 um, to actually make 10% on this. That's right about where the 200 day. Now you had this, this death cross here. If we go to the daily, which is a better indication of the death cross, you know we're close. So I think you move up here uh, probably, you know, can you get 2 3%? Maybe. But I, I do think that this is an overreaction and you could probably start in here. Um, and, and that's why I liked it. The chart looked good. The percentage move, I don't know. You've got this, this, this um, volume shelf here. We'll take it back to the highs April 7th on the daily. You've got this really big volume shelf here at 66. That's why I think you can get back there. Now, this is going to start building up as we uh, capitulate down here, but their earnings are coming out November 11th. I just think that that dip is too big. That's why I brought it up. CMCSA, um, this is Comcast. Uh, this was brought up by a listener as potentially a good one. You can see the, the algorithm really doesn't do well but the stock is down 21% over 500, uh, 500 days, 1,000 candles. Uh, your average win on this is 4%. The only reason I bring this up is because I used to work for Comcast. I think it's a $40 stock. Uh, I think that's where you're going. I think with mobile, they're killing it in mobile. They're losing TV subscribers, and that's where this company is getting killed. They're losing TV, and they're losing internet. They just don't do a good job. There's Horrible customer service. Name somebody that loves Comcast. Horrible customer service. Um, they bill you too much. They, they constantly have issues. But their network is actually pretty good. So, uh, my parents have Comcast. Peacock. Love Peacock. Um, that, but I would bring that up just because I do think it's a $40 stock. Uh, I think it's moved down enough. And I do think that they'll announce some good stuff here. Um, coming October 26th. Their dividend on October 4th. Let's look up their dividend yield. I, I don't think it's a huge one. Um, CMCSA. Let's look at that one. Dividend's 3%, so it's actually pretty good. So uh, I do think that it, it's a good one. That's why I brought it up. Uh, ODFL. This is Old Dominion Freight. Uh, FL. Now, Friday, there's a deadline for two of the freight union workers may go on strike. This is a risky one, but it's a risk I think you may be able to take. If for some reason they come to an agreement before Friday and there is not a slowdown, I think this one moves back to 300. I think it moves up here. And again, that's just, you know, this is one of uh, Warren Buffett's favorites. If you look at a daily on this and we pull this back, um, it is likely that that will be moving. You know, when we had the shipping problems, that's where this ran up. This is just a break. It's under the 200. The 50 day is moving towards the 200. You could have, again, I don't think that this is a short term trade. The performance of the algorithm, this is what kills me. The algorithm makes you 72% versus 39% buying and holding. 
Now, your wins are 50-50, 11 and 12, 12 losses. Your average win is 7.81%. Um, when I look at this and we get this, this move up here at 268, that's why I think you have a chance. Do I think you have a chance of going back to 300? I, I think absolutely um, at some point. And I say that at some point. Uh, DLF. Uh, let's go. Oh. Uh, Old Dominion Freight. Dominion ODFL. Why am I doing that? ODFL. Um, and I'd like to go to uh, Fidelity, but I can't. I'm screen recording. Um, but their PE is 24. Forward PE is 22. Um, I do think, let's see. Trucking. Um, industrials trucking. I think their biggest, uh, let's sort it by market cap. Um, we're going to do down. Old Dominion is the biggest. TFI International Night. Um, yeah, look at the PE. The PE is rather large. Uh, the, let's, let's look at ODFL. Let's look at them. Um, PE is large, performance down 25% year to date. I think it's been beaten down. Uh, gas prices is probably what's killing this one. And three stocks look at in Warren Buffett's portfolio from Motley Fool. Uh, you can read about it. Um, let's see. Transportation, one of the best known for starters, Old Dominion has a massive winner outpacing the gain of the S&P by over 1,100% to put it if you put $10,000 in Old Dominion 10 years ago, it'd be worth $146,000 today, while the same investment in the S&P would be only worth $36,000. Um, yeah. I, again, I think this, this one is, is going to get some good press. I, I think that, that freight with the rail strike, I, I think if that one comes up, you start to see these pop up again. And that's why I brought it up. RTX, why did I bring up RTX? I know I brought it up. Raytheon, defense spending. This was one that I think was unfairly beaten down as well. $88. Their earnings are coming up on October 24th. <clears throat> um, and RTX, again, these are scans. So these are companies and just ideas that you can, you can invest in. Uh, PE is 29. Forward PE is 15. 2.5% dividend. You're up 2% on the year. So you're outpacing the. Uh, the S&P, uh, the average win on this one is 7%. These are stocks that you can't really count on a 10%, but that MACD is low enough and the RSI is low enough. I think this one, and you've got this gap here between 92 and 93 or 94. Um, and that volume shelf here, you've been capitulating here and it did go down, but you've got enough up space here at 88 that I think you could move back to 90, back to closer to uh, 96, 97, covering this, uh, this gap here. Th these are stocks that I think you can hold on to in this, in this environment and invest in for a year or so. Um, I did do a scan of energy, uh, but I would tell you, and the energy scans, I came up, came up with a bunch that crossed up on the MACD, and this because the energy is moving up. Uh, I would say stick with the the, the favorites. Devon, uh, I own Devon. We can go up here in my portfolio. 
And look at Devin. Uh, it's got this, you know, again, out with a 13%. Uh, take a look at the MACD. I would tell you it's crossing down. Probably wouldn't buy here. But, you know, again, this is a long-term investment for me. Oxy is my next one um, where it's a long-term investment. And I'm kind of holding on to it, even though the algorithm has told me to get out. And I've written it down from the 70s down to 65. It's at 67 pre-market. MPLX. MPLX is another one. This is a great dividend. MPLX had a cross up here. 33.16 on Friday. Buy it. 8% dividend or something. Let me see. MPLX. Let's look at how they're doing. 12% year to date. 8.49% dividend. They just continue to return uh, capital to shareholders. And finally, in my uh, energy sector, Exxon. Stick with it. Uh, this is a long-term buy as well. It got me out in the 90, 96 range. You're at 97 pre-market. So, I, yeah, I lost some, but could you time that? Just got me back in at above the price. I didn't sell it. I've got you know a, a lot of this one. Uh, CVX is one. I said under 160. Buy it. Buy it all day long. We're over 160 again. Um, you're going to probably see a 4 or 5% move on this one. Uh, PDX, Pioneer, Natural Resources. Uh, let me see. Is that Pioneer Natural? They're PXD, sorry. Typo. PXD. Uh, you're out of this one. Probably going to get you back in at some point in time. But it's energy. Just buy it now. Buy it at 239. I think you're getting back up here at 280s at some point in time. Uh, Fang, we talk about Fang a lot. Diamondback, Diamondback Energy. Uh, this got you out with a 21% gain, but it's just hovering around there. No reason really to get out. You've got this gap down here that, that, that hasn't been filled. Do I think it's going back down there? No, I don't think at all. Uh, you know, you've got a slight gap up here. I don't think you're, I think you're, if anything, you're going up to 140 on this one. You're 135. Uh, and COP, ConocoPhillips. I think those are the names. Again, uh, the, the symbols, just so you know. DVX, Oxy, CVX, XOM, FANG, PDX, COP. I think all of these you could absolutely buy. Now, COP has had a run. God, but look, it's having another MACD cross up here. Uh, it's going to cross up again. And that double cross usually leads to a, We saw this button hook, but it didn't get you out. That right there is an example of a button hook that didn't get you out. The, the, the moving averages that I use in my algorithm kept me in, even though that MACD you can clearly see. Here, I'll pull this up so the YouTube audience can see. You can clearly see that MACD cross down there. And this is on August 30th. And when I did my, um, the algorithm, we were doing it on based on the, the MACD is 100% the way to get in and the way to get out. But what we saw was a lot of these moves, like this one, even in January, where uh, you would think, hey, I got to get out. It's been down here. Well, no, 
our algorithm didn't get you out because you wouldn't have had a chance to get back in. So we added in some moving averages to keep you in. COP specifically, September 28th, is their uh, ex-dividend date. So uh, that is everything I've got for you. Again, remember, uh, you can hit me up on Twitter. You can hit me up on Instagram. <clears throat> How I want you guys to use this, this podcast is use it in conjunction with the, the, the YouTube. Go to the YouTube. Listen to me on your way to work. Figure out. Just kind of Here's what I do when I'm driving. I asked Siri to just make a note. Just make a note and, and notice the, the date and time and the symbol. And, and then when you're driving, just go to YouTube. And if you're using Android, shame on you. Uh, I like Apple. I'm in the ecosystem and I'm a fan of Apple. Did we have a cross up on Apple yet? Oh, cross up on Friday on Apple 15706. You know, again, are, are, are you going to be upset that you bought it at 157 if it goes back down to 130 here in the next uh, few weeks? I'm not selling. See that move from uh, 168 to 157? Didn't sell a share of Apple. You know why? Let's go back and we will look at the weekly. Look at that weekly. Am I going to be able to time these moves? No. And, and you know, these three... Three down candles here for the last three weeks. Am I going to be able to time all of this? There's no freaking way. And again, uh, Apple is at 159. The algorithm on Friday crossed up at 157. I may have a chance to get it at 157, but if we're actually moving the markets up, you know, no way. And by the way, my algorithm actually outperforms um, the stock. Over a thousand candles, so over 500 trading days, the algorithm makes you 57% versus just buying and holding makes you 38%. But I point out to you that there is no way in the world that I could have timed every in and out. I'm looking at a monthly chart right now. Uh, there is no way when I bought in, I think I bought 2006, somewhere in this neighborhood, 2004, somewhere around here. There is no way in the world I could have timed all this. No. It's just moving up. So it's, it's, it's using the 50-day on a monthly basis as its support level. And the 50-day, so you know right now, is at 107. If we have a major, major downturn, that's where you're going. You're going to use that 50-day. You can clearly see uh, COVID here. March 2020, we used the, uh, we didn't even hit the 50 day. It was 2019, that big downturn where the Fed really started selling assets, which they're doing right now. That's where you hit the 50 day. Uh, 2016, where Apple did nothing. I think that was when uh, Jobs had kind of passed away. Did nothing. 2012, you did nothing. Now, 2008, whoo, buy. So if we get a major downturn on Apple, buy it. But for today, the algorithm says buy at 157. I, I, you know, it's a 50-50 chance whether you win on the algorithm. 12 wins, 13 losses, 48-52. But you know, again, it's, uh, your max drawdown, your max loss on the algorithm is 19%. Uh, but I would say, what, what is the max drawdown? I don't know what max draw, what drawdown means. But I think that's, oh, 19% where it's hit the high. And then it goes, keeps going down, but the algorithm keeps getting you in. But 
again, I, I just, you know, do what you want. If you're using Android, shame on you. <laughs> uh, thank you to the supporters. If you want to support the podcast, there's links in the description. I've been going for 55 minutes. Take care. I'm shutting this down. I'm going to give you the secret word on YouTube. Thanks, guys. See ya.